AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, welcome to the Friday show. It is a full, full-on sprint for us today, only on for one hour today. And today we have our special guest host again, Jonas Knox joins us in for Fred. He can hear him all over Fox Sports Radio. He has his own show on Friday nights from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Jonas, what's going on, man? Listen, I'm just the whore of Fox Sports, uh, Rodney <laughs> Pete. It's what I do. I get around. I never say no, and I enjoy every minute of it. They tried to keep us away from each other yesterday. They did a damn good job to the Phillies and the Dodgers, but we wouldn't let it happen today. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah they kind of dragged out that, that ninth inning, didn't they, to, to, to make it longer. <laughs> Because we couldn't connect, so therefore David Bassey took it all the way, uh, all the way on the postgame show. But um, but here today, man, on a Friday sprint, man, and and I, I we got a lot to talk about because I want to talk about the Dodgers, obviously. First of all, um, I, I also want to get your take on the Field of Dreams game that happened, which I thought was incredible, and yeah. we got some NFL talk. I know you want to talk about that as well as I do because preseason is fully fully underway. And then there was a, a crazy story that came about about Jason Kidd and his coaching tactics now that he gets ready to take the reins in Dallas. Uh, a story came out about his days in Milwaukee that I want to get your take on as well. But, uh, but and, and, of course, we would be remiss on a Friday not to have the Vic haiku. So we oh, will get on, that man. in as well. Yeah, and plus, without without Fred here, Vic feels like he's actually able to get through the haiku without being judged. <laughs> Judgmental Fred Rogan every time Vic cracks the mic. Yeah, without being judged and without being interrupted. So I, <laughs> I, I think the flow will be good for Vic today, especially on a Friday. Because it's big on Fridays, you know, Jonas. Because Friday's right got to carry us through the weekend. Damn right it is. It's what we do. Sports Talk Radio on a Friday as the fall approaches is always a good time because there's you never run out of a topic of conversation and plus you being a football player the great Rodney Pete I know and I ask every former player I ever work with because I know how you guys are wired at this point I know that as this season approaches you even all these years later you start to get into football mode I know you've got a body clock I know you recognize this is the time of year when you start clanging and banging and you start to change mentally I know it don't try and deny it even after all these years I, I, I don't even deny it and in fact I've got to suppress it a little bit Jonas around <laughs> the house because my wife in fact was a, a funny thing because we were out at tra- uh, Chargers training camp a couple days ago and it just it brought back all of those memories. And, and, you know, people often joke, and it's a cliche nowadays, oh, the smell of the grass and the feeling and the air and all those things. It's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Those are facts that you feel that um, as, a, as a season gets ready to get underway, training camp is happening. Yeah, there is certainly a body clock that goes off in, in a lot of us that you just feel it. You, you start acting differently. And I, I told the story on Thursday about – the testosterone starts to fill up, and you know, and it's 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 good and bad. My I, my wife used to used to know and kick me out of the house 
uh, a week before training camp would start because she would just I would be unbearable because I would start to turn into a wild animal getting ready to go for football <laughs> season. Like, I can't take it anymore. So yeah, it's still there, like I said. But I got I got to suppress a little bit because that never leaves you. That anticipation never. of football season and and getting it underway and getting started, all that stuff is is very very exciting. So yeah, the potty clock is on. So I got to find that little man cave in the house that I can go to just kind of. Let some of that out so she doesn't go crazy and get and kick me out of the house nowadays. It's so funny you mentioned that too because I was a I was an awful football player. I played high school at Thousand Oaks High School. We weren't a good team, and I didn't play at all, which shows you how bad I was. But I loved every minute of it because the build up to the season, all my closest friendships to this day are people I met playing football. So I, no regrets. Loved every minute of it. Loved the whole the whole aspect of it. I still love it. But to this day. Two things make me think of Hell Week. When I smell, when I smell grass in August, when I say, and I'm not talking about the kind of grass that some of you are currently smelling inside of your car or your home, wherever you're listening to right now. Or nowadays, wherever you go. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Things have changed, but when I smell fresh cut grass in August, I think. I'm going to have to be smelling all that when I'm running gassers. And then also, my brother had the awful idea because he knew I needed to put on weight. And he said, hey, man, before practice, what you want to do is you want to take a banana, uh, put in about two cups of milk, and then some chocolate protein powder, and you want to blend it. And then you want to drink that as a smoothie on the way to practice. I didn't realize the first thing we were going to do at practice was run sprints. And I was burping up banana, chocolate, and milk for the entire practice. And to this day, if I smell that combination, it takes me all the way back to football from high school. Now, now did you have some rough coaches that were just hard-nosed guys, or were they were they pretty mellow, or were they were they like the old school throwback coaches? Oh, they, oh, they would get on you. Yeah, it was it was the old school days where you were doing. It's like we were talking with uh, Petros earlier this week on Fox Sports Radio, just about bull in the ring and the Oklahoma yeah. drill and all those old school drills but yeah they were uh, they would get on you I, I still remember one time because I was a receiver and uh, I caught this little you know five yard comeback route you know you run up run up to six yards was how they trained it and come back to five and catch the ball well I caught it and then I ran inwards after I caught it I ran inwards I turned towards the field of play I remember get my coach bounds, Jonah. Yeah, get out yeah. of bounds my coach told me he said hey man I was like what's up he goes nice catch I was like oh thanks he goes you like your teeth uh, I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, cool. Next time, turn outside because if you turn inside again, you're not going to have him very much longer. I was like, okay, the lesson learned. <laughs> all right, small guys stay out of the middle of the field. I get it. Now it makes all the sense in the world. But no, man, I, if football's back, we got baseball. Uh, you've got all sorts of uh, fun stuff going on, man. This is a fun time to be alive. No, it it, it really is. It really is, and um, I, I I really enjoy. It. I, yeah, I had some I had some really good. My freshman high school coaches were were the the worst I, and, and if and it was it was one of those things that it was legendary as you were growing up and I was playing Pop Warner and eight years old looking forward to going to high school my brother was three years older than I was so he he kind of lived it before I did but they were legendary and and that's all everybody talked about even in uh, as young as is eight and ten years old is that oh once you become a freshman that's war high you got you got to you got to deal with Billy Lopez, and that was his name. I never forget. Got to deal with Billy Lopez. He's gonna make you run gases. He's gonna make you run over and over. And you remember the gases? For those oh, you don't man. know, gases are you run uh, the width of the field. You run across, over, back, over, back, and you got to do it in a certain time. Now, and, and it's universal, pretty much in football, that all across people know what that is. 
And some some coaches are are a little bit more lenient than the other ones. That that you touch the line on the other side, or or they make you touch it with your hand on the other side. Some you just you know kind of get in the neighborhood. Yeah. Billy Billy Lopez had a had a had someone on the other side as well. So make sure you and you had to touch it with your hand. And oh, then yeah. you had to make sure you made time. And if you didn't make time, if everyone in your group didn't make time, you had to run that over. That one didn't oh, count. Oh my god! And yeah, and, yeah. and there was always some. There was always some tryhard, some kiss ass who wanted to show <laughs> that he was the leader of the team. You remember this guy, Rodney? One of yep. the linemen was last, so he wanted to show everybody who was going to run with him and get extra reps in. It's like, dude, you're not helping. We're already going to have to run again. The guy's slow. He came in out of shape, and we're going to have to suffer for it. And you're not going to be named team captain because you're helping out the linemen. I'm sorry. Come on, man. Ridiculous. No, no, yeah. You always hated those guys. <laughs> like, come on. Man. Then, they, then, like you said, in those certain drills, they they ended up paying for it anyway. The oh, hundred percent. One on one drills. They, 100%. they ended up paying for those those things. Um, I I do want to get into some more football a little bit later, but right now I want to talk about the Dodgers and and, and yesterday and in past this past series with the Phillies because they they took two out of three from the Phillies. But Jonah, it's, it's like August and. At this point, usually the Dodgers are five, six, ten games up on yeah, the, in the division, and right now they're five games back and don't seem like they're catching any ground with the Giants. Look, I got to give David Vasse credit in this day and age of uh, when you cover a team, uh, you've got to you know make sure you do whatever you can to ball wash the team you cover because you want enough access and media credentials and so on and so forth. And I remember filling in a, a couple of months ago, and David Vasse on the air, I, I said, "Yeah, so." I mean, how how worried should they be about the Giants? And Vast is like, no, they're for real. Like, like the Giants are going, they're not going anywhere. And he kept saying it and kept saying it. And I think the thinking for Dodger fans listening on AM570 was, nah, nah, but eventually they're going to figure this thing out and they'll catch up to him, trade deadline, all that. Man, the Giants just keep on winning, and they keep on winning, and they keep they keep this this distance between them and the Dodgers, and they're able to do so. And it feels like if you're a Dodger fan, you got to be frustrating because you think, all right, we just won two or three. What the Giants do? The same yeah. exact thing. You see, so you can't catch any ground. And and Vasse was right, man. This team's not going anywhere, and they're going to be a, a team to deal with for the remainder of the season. And as of right now. I don't know how you look at this and go, oh, no, the Dodgers still got a chance to catch him. They've got a chance, but I don't think it's likely at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a real uphill battle. They've got to change their ways. And at this point, you know, it turns into this is kind of what your season's going to be like. Yeah. And we keep waiting for that Dodger run. And it, it still may happen because I think they got it in them. They have enough talent on this team to get, get really hot, which it feels like, Jonas, it feels like, they're starting to get there. You know, Bellinger's starting to hit the ball again. He had a couple of home runs the other day in the series. Uh, Corey Seager feels like he's getting his groove back. A.J. Pollock's still been hot. You know, Chris Taylor's been hot. Uh, you know, you getting getting these guys, Scherzer's in the lineup. Trey Turner adds a different mix. So they're certainly capable of going on uh, on an incredible run. But it just, you know, we keep waiting on it. We waited on it and waited on it. And one the crazy thing is everybody thought it was going to be the Padres, right? The Padres had all the, yep. the, the hype and they had the excitement and Tatis Jr. and Machado and all those guys. And, and at the end of the day, it has been the Giants who have been just steady, 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 and right there and right there. I think the thing with the Giants, too, is that they've done a great job with the mixture of young guys yep. and veteran guys. And don't underestimate the guys that are still there from that championship pedigree teams that they had with the Buster Poseys 
and and, and Belt and, and and those guys that are still there on that roster to have that good mixture of young guys and old guys. But what do you think? Do you think the Dodgers have a run in them that they can put together like an eight-game, ten-game winning streak? Yeah, no, they've got a run in them for sure, and and we've seen it how many years in a row. And and all they do is continue to add talent. When a player goes down, uh, it seems like it's next man up, and somebody comes up with a big hit at some point. But I just, I mean, you're five games back at this point. Like like it's it's a lot. You need you need sweeps. You need the Giants to you know to take a downturn and to lose a bunch of games in a row. Like you you're at this point, you need help. So unless you get help. It's not going to matter. You can go on the run all you want, but if the Giants continue to win games and continue to just keep this distance between you and them, and you know you got some some matchups coming up against that, I, I just I don't know, man. I think at this, if I'm if I'm a Dodger fan and I'm watching this team right now, there's two things that concern me. One are the one are the Giants, and two kind of feels like a snake bit year when it comes to the injuries. Like yeah. whether it's Mookie Betts, whether it's uh, Bellinger, whether Seager seems like something pops up always. Obviously the stuff with Kershaw. And you know this as being a former athlete. There's a difference between being back and being back. You can return to the right. lineup all you want, but it takes you a while before you get acclimated to where we're at in the season. And when the playoffs fast approach – you don't have a whole lot of time to get guys acclimated. You got to figure this thing out, which is what look. It's what made what the Clippers did in the postseason after Kawhi Leonard that much more impressive because we all expected. Well, they've never done this before. We've never seen it from Paul George. Next thing you know, Kawhi goes down. Everybody stepped their game up, and they were a legitimate NBA Finals team even after the injury to Kawhi. These guys are getting injured. Bellinger seems like he's found his stride again and started to find his stroke. But I, I just there's a difference between being back and actually being back, and that's the one thing that I think is cause for concern. No, I, I agree with you. And you mentioned Mookie, who they just put on the IL, um, and he hasn't been right all season long. And you know he's the type of guy that's not going to say it. He's not going to mention it publicly. Probably doesn't say a whole lot to the coaching staff. But it is clear that he has he has not been right and has been fighting that hip all season long, and and here's the two questions I got for you: Do, How much of an impact of him not being there is going to be with the Dodgers, even with the new additions that they have to the team and the depth that the Dodgers have? It was clear during the World Series run that Mookie was the guy that made him go. Look, Seager won the MVP, but Mookie in that spot, leading off, doing the things he did defensively really was a catalyst and without him there can they get it done um and number two with this hip knowing that Mookie is is a is your long-term star he's already signed sealed and delivered do you even mess with it and and maybe shut him down hips are a real tricky thing, right? I mean, it's uh, like you can go the most famous example of it is Bo Jackson. Obviously, this is nowhere in the same stratosphere. But when you start getting into the hip issue and, and we've seen this, you know, with, with other players, we've seen it in, in the NBA. Brandon Roy was one of yeah. the most gifted, talented players. I can remember covering Clipper games. And if you were to ask me who was the most talented player I ever saw live, it was Brandon Roy for the Blazers. He was unbelievable hip issue 
ended his career. Isaiah yeah. Thomas, uh, little Isaiah yep. Thomas. Man, that guy was in the MVP conversation. Absolutely. P- part yep. of the reason the Celtics got rid of him was the hip issue. And so anytime it's a hip, it's cause for concern. And yeah, now you've got now you're kind of weighing your choices here. Do we, you know, rush him back out there and hope that there's no, you know, uh, ex- further extent to the injury or do we play it safe because we know we've got him locked up for years and years? I think that's a difficult decision uh, and one that uh, Dave Roberts is going to have a tough time making. I think they can still win games without him, but it's also his defense, man. Even if he's not hitting, the fact that he's out there, he controls that outfield. How many how many games in the playoffs last year did it feel like the Dodgers were on the brink brink of blowing it again and Mookie Betts made a play in the outfield? It seemed like Tampa Bay was looking around going, what the hell can we do here? Or Atlanta was looking around going, like, like yeah. every time we think we're going to shut the door, Mookie makes a play, and not having that part of his game out there I think is also going to hurt him as well. Yeah, it, w- it was that. It wasn't just, uh, you know, at the plate hitting home runs or doubles or anything like that. It was just just the fact that he got on base, the Dodgers yeah. would score oftentimes. And then, like you said, defensively, just making a, a run-saving or, or extra-base-saving play that, that really changed the momentum of the game. Um, that being said, you know, they have the addition now of, of Trey Turner, who is a guy that can be versatile, can play multiple positions. But the speed factor of Trey Turner, which we, we, we knew from afar, but now we're seeing it firsthand. He is an impact player. Yes. But him being such a new player, can he have that kind of same impact if Mookie's out? Can he fill that role? Well, the one thing that I liked about the Scherzer and Trey Turner acquisitions is the fact that both those guys have been there. Like, they both won big games. They both played in big yeah. moments. They both had that experience. You know what you're going to get with Scherzer. I, I think Scherzer is a significant upgrade over Trevor Bauer. Um, and, and the Trevor Bauer stuff is just bizarre. And, and I think, right. you know, I think they were, they were right to move on. I don't know, but I mean, look, this is a conversation, another topic for another time. I don't think Bauer is playing another game for the Dodgers. I think I that's either. it. I, yeah, I, I, I think either. it's a wrap. And I'll bet if you ask uh, to a man in that locker room, they're over it. I, I think he brought in drama, distress actions even above and beyond all the other crap that came out afterwards and and why he's on administrative leave and placed on a further administrative leave through the rest of the month but uh max scherzer you know what you're gonna get man guy's a bulldog he's gonna get out there even if he's not 100 percent. the year here this is a max scherzer story this is actually pretty funny the year that the nationals won the world series in 2019 Max Scherzer broke his nose in batting practice pregame did, yeah, one game. Right, remember that? I remember that. Yeah, and, yeah. and I and I think he still pitched that game. Yes, he did. He like did. It, it looked like he had a canoe on his face. And still went out there and pitched. And a lot of people said that was really a rallying force behind that team to where they said, man, this guy I just bro- he broke his face in the batting cages as a pitcher, still made his start, and they went on to win a World Series. Having that. I think is going to make up for some of the other injuries and issues that they've had. So regardless, whether they're the wild card team, whether they're able to catch the Giants, I, I, they're still going to be in the mix. It's going to be a fun run. Yeah, no, he he definitely has, has added a, a lot of energy and flavor to that team, especially with now with the uncertainty of Kershaw uh, having a veteran guy like that. And I was at the game where he started against Houston. And just the – first of all, obviously the electricity and hatred for the Astros that was in Dodger <laughs> Stadium that night. But to watch him in big moments mow guys down, and then, then the emotion that he had doing it—the you know fist pumping, let's go, let's go—it uh, it, it was 
refreshing and yes. it was great to see you know for this team uh which which was which was great and and hopefully and, and again i think they do have it in them it's just the giants keep on winning they haven't faltered like a lot of people thought they would and they're going to be in it to the to the end uh jonas knox joins us on a friday it's a one hour sprint today jonas did you get a chance to see any of the field of dreams game last night I, i'm telling you right now it's one of the most perfect sporting events I've ever seen in my life. I can't. I, I want to sit here and complain about some aspect of it because that's yeah. fun to do and it really bothers people when you go that route. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and there's nothing I like more than, than pissing people off, especially when I don't no, mean it. No, you don't say. Uh, and especially when I don't mean it, but I just want to do it because I know that it bothers people and I can needle them. I can't find a single thing they did wrong. I swear to God. I, I've racked my brain. Could they have done this better? Could they have done that better? I thought it was absolutely perfect. I thought it played out brilliantly on television i thought just the whole setup the scene the build-up the pre-game the actual game two lead changes in the final inning rodney i thought it was phenomenal man all through and through yeah it uh it, it major league baseball hit it out of the park unbelievable they hit it out of the park to everything you just said the build-up and a lot of times you know this the the, the build-up and then the actual game yes. never lives up to yes. the hype but the hype surrounding it, you know, at first glance, oh, they're going to play a game in Iowa, Field of Dreams, oh, that's kind of quirky. I get yes. it. Okay, I'll yeah. go with it. I, I get it. Okay, whatever. Then it happens in the setting and a small crowd like it had. It was very intimate. It felt like a big playoff game or felt like an NFL game almost. The, the way the excitement uh, was in the air and then the, the walk out of the cornfields with Kevin Costner and the players coming through it. I think everything they did was spot on. I'm, I was like you. I'm like trying to figure out how am I gonna, you know, pick apart this thing yeah, or chop it up. And, I don't know what they yeah, did wrong. Like, they it, didn't do anything wrong. And then the game itself. Awesome. The players came to play with Judge and Stanton and Tim Anderson and Abreu. All the guys came to play and the home runs going into the cornfield. And like you said, the lead changes in the ninth inning was was amazing. Uh, everything they did was was fantastic, and again, hit it out the park. I, I thought it was absolutely amazing, and they delivered it. And it just goes to show, I think, to 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 hopefully to Major League Baseball that we can have fun like the NBA and the NFL does. We yeah. can we can make this game younger for the younger crowd. Let the guys have some excitement. Um, let's, let's, let's throw away the old, you know, unwritten rules in baseball. You can't do this. You can't do this. Just again, like, like they tried to do a couple of years ago with the campaign of let the kids play, let them play and let, and just be excited about it. Yeah. It was fun to watch. I can't imagine what it was like to be there. And, and also, you think about today's day and age where everything's got to be, uh, uh, you know, a 70,000 seat uh, stadium. You got to have these giant, you know, places that can do multiple, like SoFi. Man, you can say whatever you want about the Rams and Chargers playing at SoFi. Let's be truthful here. It's the concerts, the other events, the NFL scouting combine, the Olympics in a few years. That That's what really SoFi was built for outside of just the Rams and the Chargers to play right. games, you know, a couple of months out of the year or eight games at home or nine games at home, depending on the season each year. I just, I, I thought it was brilliantly put together. It was small town. I have family from uh, from in, the Midwest. My dad's side of the family is from a town called uh -huh. Monmouth, Illinois, which is not far from Iowa. It's like 45 minutes away from the state line of Iowa. I've been out there. That whole setup 
the miles and miles of corn out in the middle of nowhere, that's real. That's what it's like out there. And the fact that they didn't try and change it, they they didn't try and say, well, let's put in all of these bleachers here and let's make, they just said, no, no, no. We'll just take a patch of corn, we'll build a field in the middle of it, and then we'll put up a little chain-linked fence in front of the corn, and if a ball goes in there, it's a home run. Who cares if we got fans there? There were 8,000 people there. They did a lottery to to draw who was going to be able to attend for people that lived in the state of Iowa. Uh, Iowa Sam Kinsley from Fox Sports Radio, a guy Uh we work with, a guy that Kevin's worked with here on FSR, uh, on Fox Sports Radio for years and years. We call him Iowa Sam because he was born and raised in Iowa. He had a chance to go out there, got credentials, and was there at the event. Oh, wow. He said it was unbelievable. One way in, one way out. He actually lost his car afterwards because <laughs> he ran. So, a- so the scene, the scene in the movie where the cars are lined up driving into it. That's true. That's an actual true. That, true that's story a real thing. The way it is, right? There, there's one road in, one road out. Like literally, that that's the only way you can get in there. And he was saying that he lost his car because he had to park a ways away because there were so many you know cars that went to the game and all that. And because it's he ran out of cell phone battery, you can't. He couldn't see his car for miles because so it took him like forty five minutes to find his car because of all the corn and all the other plantation that was overgrown. Just the car's kind of hidden in the middle there. Like it is total farm life. The fact that they didn't try and change it or doctor it or or really do anything out of uh, extraordinary to try and you know put their spin on things there and how uh, life is in the Midwest. And they just really wanted to focus on the tradition and what it's really like and make it as realistic as possible. I thought they did a brilliant job yeah the only thing i said probably they, they could have had james earl jones in the booth with joe buck yeah that's a good point yeah. <laughs> that's a good point yeah. uh all right jonas knox is with me today for our one hour sprint on rogan and rodney uh we're gonna chop up some some nfl a lot going on this weekend or this week with the nfl there's some games last night some games this weekend i want to get your take jonas on preseason and then some of these young qbs uh, that uh, that are about to start this season and may start maybe week one, maybe week three. We'll talk it up on the other side. Something y'all to cut up to, you know? Yeah. Hogan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An L.A. icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. <laughs> AM 570 L.A. Sports. All right, Rodney Pete, Jonas Knox here on a sprint on a Friday, only on for an hour today, trying to get it all in. Talked a little Dodgers in that first segment. I do want to switch gears to to the NFL as we are heating up. It is, as we just talked about, the, the smell of the grass is in the air, uh, the helmets, the pads are flying, and it's uh, NFL is, is fully underway. Had some games already happening. We, uh, New England – Played the played last night with the Steelers and um, who did they play? Who did New England play? Uh, Washington. Washington. That's yeah. who they played. The Washington Football Club. Uh, it was the Mac Jones uh, era. Had maybe has started. I don't know if he starts the season. Jones. When you look at the NFL and especially when you talk about the young quarterbacks around, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, it's got to be the quarterbacks, right? Because um, you're seeing so many situations. Like sometimes, and out, it's funny, Albert Breer made the point um, on Fox Sports Radio earlier, uh, and he's been covering the league a long time. Normally when you're picking up near the top of the draft, if you draft a quarterback, it's usually you're going to a bad team. And and everybody has start, started to figure this out now. 
Yeah, so you mean that, like, the situation actually does have an impact on your NFL career as a quarterback. You know, like, if you get drafted to a really bad spot or a team that doesn't have a lot around you, it's going to have an effect. Case in point, Josh Rosen. I mean, Josh Rosen, for whatever you want to say about the guy, he's never really gotten a fair shot in the NFL. A lot of people say the same thing about Sam Darnold. They say, well, you know, he's with the Jets, and maybe he does things different now with the Carolina Panthers. This year feels a little bit different because, like, Trey Lance gets drafted to the 49ers. The only reason the 49ers were picking that high is because they made a trade. The only reason they were able to make that trade is because they were riddled with injuries last year. But this is a Super Bowl roster in San Francisco. And so Trey Lance joins a pretty good situation. You know, uh, Justin Fields goes to Chicago. They were a playoff team a year ago. It's not like this is some bottom feeder team in the NFL. Same with Mac Jones going to New England. New England was just in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And, And you could say whatever you want about without Tom Brady, they didn't do this. And without Brady, they're this. Man, a couple of games go their way that they were in last year, and this is a borderline playoff team a year ago. I mean, they had a lot of opt-outs, a lot of problems. COVID hit them. They played some games on weird nights at weird times, and still they were in the mix later on in the season. So I I think this is going to be fascinating just to see how soon these organizations decide, all right, we got to make a move. That's going to be our guy. Herbert last year, I mean, I, I still wonder – when were they planning on making the move? Because if not yeah. for the incident that took place with the trainer and Tyrod Taylor, and you know the the you know accident with the needle and the you know, uh, you know stabbing him and puncturing his lung and all that stuff, I wonder how long would they have waited before they put Justin Herbert in? Because it would have been way too long. Because that guy was just ready to play from the get go, and, and and you can watch him last year and see his development into this year, and and it's why people are so high on the Chargers moving forward. No doubt, no doubt. Like I said, we were out there, and just to feel his, you know, sometimes as a rookie, you're you, no matter how good you are, you're a fish out of water when it comes to the NFL. It's just a the jump from college to pro is 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 probably the toughest jump I think in in, in any sport, especially for a quarterback. Maybe not so much for for other positions, but for a quarterback, definitely the game, the speed of the game, the accuracy, the anticipation you have to have is so much greater. Uh, but his confidence level, just looking at him, his body language in, in camp for year two for him uh, was night and day. And it feels like he's got full command of that of that offense and also full command of the team. When we talk to his teammates, they all love him and just the way he works, the way he carries himself. So, um, And it's going to be a tough year for him, I think, because now there's film on him. People can game plan a little bit more on him. He's not going to have – he's not going to surprise anybody – this year as as he did maybe a couple of times last year what do you what do you think about uh, Trevor Lawrence down in in Jacksonville and how that's going to shape up with Urban Meyer down there are they in for a rude awakening well, I mean, listen, Urban Meyer, it's worked at every level. It's like the Jim Harbaugh stuff. I mean, we can we can say, well, he's never beaten Ohio State at Michigan. All right, well, does anybody remember Michigan before Jim Harbaugh got there? They were a disaster. I mean, a, a full-blown disaster. It, Jim Harbaugh has worked at every level. I think it's going to work with Urban Meyer. I think that the quarterback competition uh, that he's talking about with Gardner Minshew, I, I think if there's one coach who's got the stones – to say, uh, no, 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 uh, this guy's not going to just be given the job. It's Urban Meyer. I, I think he's the guy that would stand up and say, I'm not just going to give this guy the job. He's got to go out and earn it. Uh, I would expect him to. I think he's got all the physical attributes to do so. Minshew's had some good moments in the NFL, uh, but the Trevor Lawrence situation is going to be fun to watch because that's a completely new culture change. They're trying to change everything in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer's trying to get his guys in, and Trevor Lawrence – 
is one of those guys, and, and you're obviously you're the quarterback. You've forgotten more about the position than 99% of people listening here on AM570. We've been hearing about Trevor Lawrence for a couple of years now. I mean, he's one of those guys, and it's similar to the John Elway buzz when he was coming out uh, or the Andrew Luck buzz when he was coming out. If, I, I can't find a lot of people, Rodney, that look at Trevor Lawrence and go, nah, he's going to be a bust. No way this is going to work. Right. Like, it feels like he's one of those generational-type talents, whether that, you know, that actually occurs and whether they can build around him, who knows. But he feels like he's one of those generational quarterback talents that everybody looks at and goes, it's going to be pretty hard for him not to work. Yeah, it feels like he, you know, the team could be bad, but you're going to see – signs of him of greatness out of him let me let me ask um, you throughout the season let me ask you this because you mentioned the jump and i've always been fascinated by this so you mentioned the jump from college to the nfl is it more than the jump from high school to college uh yeah yeah to to me it 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 is um is it just the speed the speed of the game uh and and then you're playing you're playing with different hash marks, so it makes it a little bit different, too, when you go from college to pro. But uh, And I'm talking specifically for, for a quarterback. Uh, high school and college, you, you, your, your window of opportunity or room for error is, is great because you can have matchups where your guy is so much better than the other guy across from you. Talking you know, specifically about receiver and cornerback or defensive back. Um, so your window is, is, is greater. So there's, there's throws that you can make that may be a little bit behind a guy or a little high or a little low um, or a little late, and you still get away with that. In the NFL, you can't get away with that. A, a throw, uh, you know, a, a half a second late is, <laughs> is, is an interception. Crazy. Um, and, and so those things and, and where you place the ball is the difference between uh, a first down or fourth and two. And, and, and so those those little things when it comes to – everybody talks about arm strength and all those things, and it's great. you got to have it. But more importantly, you you got to be accurate, and your anticipation has to be greater. You can't wait for a guy to be open before you pull the trigger. You have to know he's coming open and let it go before that. And that is – that is the biggest thing uh, when it comes to the jump for a quarterback from from college uh, to the NFL. But I think you're right with, with with Trevor Lawrence. He feels like he is once he's in there and starts playing. It is again, you know, they can they can go six and eleven, and uh, but he is going to find a way to stand out. And I think he's going to be a star a star in this league. Another one I think Justin Fields is in the right situation. You mentioned yeah. Chicago has a great team, just kind of missing the quarterback element. Uh, I, I think they, they made the right decision saying Andy Dalton's going to get it started for him, but eventually he's going to come in and play. When you have a young quarterback, that's why I think he and and, and, and uh, Trey Lawrence in, in San Francisco have the best situation because they both have the benefit of playing with great defenses. So they're not going to be necessarily in shootouts every single week, as we saw, as you mentioned, with, with Sam Darnold going to the Jets and and. And they, now, now, now the young quarterback out of BYU has to deal oh, with the same Jesus. thing with the Jets. It's going yeah. to be a, a difficult uphill battle playing from behind all the time. Uh, but those two guys have a, a, a interesting uh, a, or great opportunity for success. It'll just be interesting to see what happens in San Francisco because I think Garoppolo still got something to prove, and they're getting guys healthy. The defense yeah. is going to be healthy again. And he, if he stays healthy, if he starts to play well um, – what kind of pressure is going to be on San Francisco to pull him 
uh, to get the the young guy started. That's going to be the issue. See, I think there's a real chance because you start hearing more and more of these reports. Apparently the Bears had a joint practice with Miami because they're playing them in the preseason game coming up mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow morning. And according to reports, it, Justin Fields was the best quarterback on the field, especially right. in the red zone. On and both it wasn't teams, close. Right? Yeah, and it wasn't even close. And I think there's a real chance that when the Rams open up SoFi, Sunday night football, to open up the regular season in about a, a, less, a month from now, which is crazy to think that that's a month from now, Justin Fields might be the starting quarterback on the other side of Matt Stafford that night. I think there's a real yeah. chance because look, Rodney, Why wait, if, right? yeah, if if you're if you're at training camp and you're at practice and it's obvious one guy's better than the other and you got a coaching staff who's already on the hot seat and on the verge of losing the locker room like the Bears coaching staff is with 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 the way they've handled certain situations there in the past couple of years, right. why would you risk Losing the confidence of that of that of that team by putting out the quarterback that isn't as good as the other one, and everybody knows it and has seen it play out on the field. Like I I don't know I don't know why that's why I think there's seriously a legit chance that when you're a Rams fan and you show up to SoFi, you're going to see the season debut of Justin Fields in Chicago. I I, yeah. I think that's a real thing that could happen in a month from now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. But I because I, I heard the same thing when they when they did practice together, it was not even close that Justin Fields he got all the oohs and ahs and he you know the mouth drops and he obviously coming from the program that he came from, he is. He is ready to play, yeah. you know, and, and coming from Ohio State and stepping into that role. And again, he's not going to have to make every single play for them to win. They can win a lot of games, close games. The games are going to be close. He just needs to not lose games for him early on and then just let his ability take over. So I, I agree with you with that. Um, more to come. More to come on the other side. There's so much to talk to with, with so little time, Jonas. I don't know what's going on, man. Um, we have to stretch this. We also... We also cannot get out of here without being cleansed. You know, we got to get cleansed. Haiku, too. My man Vic is standing by, ready to go. Talk to you on the side. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Bogan and Rodney. Rodney Pete Jonas Knox on a Friday sprint. Hey, check this out. If you're attending the Chargers-Rams game tomorrow, plan ahead, please. I Park and Go offers a convenient, affordable, and easy option that allows fans attending to plan ahead, secure parking and shuttle tickets with the click of a button, and avoid sitting in your car during pre- and post-event traffic. Take advantage of that, please. All right, listen, before we get out of here, we have to, we have to get cleansed. And we have to do it right now. So let's bring him on for the Daily Haiku at 2. Notice I'm not going to do a Fred Rogan. <laughs> for the Daily Haiku at 2, our man, Vic the Brick Jacobs. And Vic, good afternoon. No time to waddle in the mire. Somebody's going to light the Dodgers' fire in Queens. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. VTP. Jay Knotts. In for Fred Rogan. Always. Entertaining and flamboyant and offering, you know, very, very hot takes. Vic, did I get that right? Ladrillo? 
is brick in Spanish? That's correct. I was oh. dubbed El Ladrillo by Fernando Valenzuela many years ago. Oh, Dios mío. Uh, honored and humbled. He's executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney show, and I may seem like I'm, I'm rushing through it because I know we're up against it. We got, I, got, I got a lot to cover. It's Kevin yes. Figures now. Uh, come on now. Yeah. 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 He's in for Ronnie Fascio this week doing a great job. It's Adam Oslin. <laughs> Hurry the half up, y'all. That double A. <laughs> Massive weekend for yours truly. Number one. Dodgers must meet the Mets and beat the Mets and sweep the Mets. You know, we're five back. We've got, what, like 46 left. I know the K-Fig says there's time, and there is time, to make up five against the hated ones. I'd like to start tonight. I'd like to start tonight with Julio Urias. Happy birthday, Julio, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's sweep the Mets. They just, they just swept the Nationals, so they feel a little bit giddy. But now you're facing... The Dodgers. And that's, of course, four o'clock, 3 o'clock. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck with Tim Cates. First pitch from Queens. Flushing Queens. I grew up like, you know, maybe 30 minutes from the, from the ballpark. Home of the Mets. 4 o'clock right here, AM 570 with Also pumped for the Chargers and the Rams tomorrow from SoFi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we bring it to you on our sister station, Alt. 98.7 pregame at 5. We count, count down to kickoff at 5. Kickoff at 7. With Matt Money Smith and Petros Papadakis on the call. It's going to be a sensational call, entertaining call. I love it. I can't wait to listen. That's tomorrow from SoFi. And of course, uh, a lot of Chargers starters will be held back. But that's smart. You know, Brandon Staley's playing is smart. A move inspired, of course, by you know the Rams. Sean McVay inspired that whole thing, you know, resting the regulars, which is you know smart, very smart. But again, Dodgers were five back of the hated ones. We got, to, like I said, I don't want to mess around with a one-game wild card. Are you guys, are you guys with me on that? I'm with you. Yeah. You don't want to mess around with that. Bad we don't want to mess around with a one-game wild card game. We got to win the division, so we got a lot to we got a lot to play for. And so I went to Carl Van Den Hovel, Carl Van Den Hovel for the high crew today. Van Den Hovel, Van Den Hovel. Wow. Rodney, you know. I do. I remember sure. Van Den Hovel. He's a he's a very strong high crewist. Goes something like this: the batter. Checks the placement of his feet. Uh, strike one! I'm feeling you. Poor <laughs> Vander Novel. <laughs> well nice, done. quick, and to the point, Big. Checks his feet. Ah, strike one. Strike one. I love it. I love it. Ah, uh, you guys. I love it, Big to Brick. You never disappoint, my brother. Jonas Knox, much thank love. you so much my for man. filling in, man. Much it love. was too short. I know. Always appreciate you guys having me, man. Always, always. 
Everybody have a great weekend. Kevin, double A, thanks a lot, brothers, and enjoy yourself. We'll see you next week. Option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to take a head, so I fight with my pen. Late night, down sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say.